Welcome to Canada's podcast. Business leaders, ready to cut costs and boost growth with a recurring billing solution that's built for you? Our platform won't just save you money, it'll help you grow so that you make more money. Bill clearly, grow quickly with Visibill. To calculate your savings, head to Visibill.com today. Hello, I'm Mario Taniguzzi, Managing Editor of Canada's Podcast. Joining me today on Calgary's Podcast is Melanie Nicholson, who is owner of MLC & Co. Thanks for joining us today, Melanie. Thanks for having me. All right, let's uh, let us start off, I guess, a little bit here and telling us just what MLC and Co is and what you do. Yeah, we are a boutique communications agency based in Calgary, and we really work with companies of all different sizes. Find their story. Uh, who are you? What's your why? Who are your people? And how can we then elevate that conversation that you're having with your with your different audience groups? And for some people, that's really public facing. And for some people, that's making sure they're better speaking to their team and that their team feels more connected. So we really come in and help help companies figure out their brand from a story perspective and then how they're going to take it forward. So we've been around for coming up on seven and a half years Mm -hmm. um, and really working not just in Calgary, but into BC, a little into Saskatchewan and all over Alberta as well. Okay. What does MLC stand for? Melanie Lynn Communications. Okay. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's really creative. Yeah. So you've been in this industry for for quite some time. Uh, I, I just wondered, you know, what drew you and 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 the why behind coming into this communication slash PR uh, world. Yeah, I've been I've been in the industry a long time, but in different facets. And and if we look way way back, uh, I started in broadcast journalism. I wanted to be on the radio and do news specifically. And I did. And I I really, I went to state in Calgary. I went back to BC and I really started my career in the broadcast space. And what that did for me was solidify my interest in the story and the people. Because even when you look at a newscast, it's not just facts. There's always the people behind and the stories behind. Yeah. And, and so I really took that and I wanted, I always wanted to then transition into communications and to take what I had from a broadcast background into the media relations space, into the communication space, which is what I did. And, and for me, it's been a really beautiful journey of being able to take something that I learned at 18, basic broadcast journalism, some of those skills, and and I still apply a lot of them today. And I mean, the broadcasting is what has led us to recently start a podcast because I was able to sort of bring it all back full circle. So, but it really everything is rooted back into the story and the people and those relationships. And that's what keeps me going as a person and as a business owner. Okay. Now being a business owner, um, what made you uh, make that decision of uh, going out on your own as opposed to working for somebody else? I, I think I always felt that I would regret it if I didn't try. I, I wasn't sure in the moment whether it was the right decision, but I registered my company eight days after leaving my past job and I I just went for it. And I felt like I needed to give myself the chance and give myself the opportunity to try something different and to take the communications expertise I had and apply it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I 
think for me, it's been an incredible learning experience. What I come to the table with a communications knowledge, I've learned a ton about running a business because I didn't go to business school. Um, And to me, that combo has been really fulfilling and quite an excellent journey. But it's, it also takes a lot of uh, blind faith in moments and hope for the best and, and really always going back to trusting what you know and trusting what you do. And it's similar to what we present and support our clients with is go back to your core and trust what you know. And it's why we do strategic communication plans for people. So you can navigate and pivot and change is constant. But if you know what your messages are and you know your why and you can always go back to that, it will continue to help you move forward, even if you feel like it's the tiniest step at a time. Yeah, it takes a leap, right? The, to uh, you know, because you're you're sitting in a in a world where you know you, if you're working for somebody, right? It's 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 pretty comfortable. It's pretty safe, uh, you know, in 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 some ways. And, and then to to I guess risk that to go on on your own, uh, it's it's not an easy thing to do, is it? It's not, and it's a mental game, and and I give huge kudos to my husband because he um, he told me I had to give it a year, and I was prepared to give it six months. And if I had just gone with six months, I think I would have called it a day. <laughs> but he was right. He was really, you have to give it a year, and when I was just coming up to that year point, everything was falling into the place that it needed to fall into. And I think that's where we often get caught up in entrepreneur headspace is expecting things to happen faster than they will expecting clients to come faster than they will we have projects that that come they come together after we have conversations with the client for months and months and months and I think that you just get used to that you have to get used to that timeline that it's not instantaneous and when you're in that larger corporate environment you don't necessarily see that side yeah that's the side you're really in when it's you and yourself and your small team. Yeah. So let's talk about the industry itself uh, on the cups of communications and PR. Uh, over that time span from when you first started, what what are the most significant changes you've seen in the in this industry? I think on the media side, there's been really a, a huge shift in terms of, I mean, you can speak to this too, Mario, in terms of volume of reporters, Uh, local news coverage has evolved significantly. And so from a media relations perspective, when clients are coming to us and saying, I want to be on the news, it's a different game. Um, It's less, there's a lot more to it than that. It's very nuanced. There's often budgets at play in terms of people buying coverage and time. And so the industry media industry has changed so much. And so that has really changed how we approach communications. But what it also has done that I think has been beneficial, especially for small businesses, is it's given small businesses the opportunity to tell their own story. Stop relying on a media pitch for a story that's not really a story for a larger outlet and tell your own story and and find 
different ways to tell your story. I think podcasting has become a really great platform where people are able to have these insightful conversations. It's to me, it harks back to my talk radio days. It's very similar to that, but it's, it's an opportunity to share your own story as opposed to relying on other people to tell it. And to me, that's been one of the biggest transitions I think we've seen in the industry. I would argue the other one is that companies are really starting to understand the importance of internal communication with their teams, making sure that their teams feel like they're hearing from you first, as opposed to reading about it on social media and, and better aligning that HR department with that internal communications. I think we're starting to see more of that. And I think to me, COVID, that was one of the benefits of COVID is people finally started to see why that matters so much. Because if your people feel like you're talking to them and that they're hearing from you, they're more likely to stay with you, to support you. There's retention data to support that. We know that. So I'm really loving that transition as well. So I'm curious, um, you know, just to backtrack a second uh, about the media. And, uh, you know, uh, having been in there, uh, you know, I've, I've seen how <laughs> it's been like newsrooms across the country uh, have been decimated. So I'm, I'm curious, and, and, and it's a funny thing, uh, uh, because just the other day I received a, a note from somebody that's in your industry from, from Vancouver and asking me about a certain media outlet here in Calgary and saying they can't they can't find anybody or don't know anybody there anymore etc. So I'm curious and and a lot of those media outlets you know whether they're print or broadcast they don't uh, cover uh, news and and stories as much as they used to right. Business leaders ready to cut costs and boost growth with a recurring billing solution that's built for you. Our platform won't just save you money, it'll help you grow so that you make more money. Build clearly, grow quickly with Visibil. To calculate your savings, head to Visibil.com today. So when you're, uh, you know, when you, a client comes up to you, uh, you know, with, um, with a, a thought that I want to be in the Calgary Herald, yeah. what do you tell them, considering the climate that's out there in the media these days? I really start with what I've always started my whole career is tell me the story, pitch it to me first. Tell me why you think that this is worthy of coverage because I used to be in the other side. And so if you can't convince me that it's a good story, then I'm probably, it's probably going to be a hard sell to the journalist. So we usually start there. Um, And I also really approach it with, if you really want to go this way, we're going to do it targeted. We're not going to. And I think that a lot of PR agencies do this. This is not new information, but it's not, we're not e-blasting to every journalist in the province, every story that's ineffective. And it doesn't show that you even know what's going on. And so we tend to, with all of our clients, if we're really going to go that way, every time we look at and create, who are we talking to? Who are we going to directly have a conversation with about this story? And we have more success that way, obviously, than a blanket news release. Um, But we also look at the entire picture. And I go back to sort of the core of what we do is it's not just a press release is just a press release. You need to, if you've got a story that's worthy, worthy of media coverage, then what else are you doing with it? Is your executive director 
talking about it on LinkedIn? Are you presenting things at conferences? Are you X, Y, Z? What are the other things you're doing to support this narrative? And I think that I want to see more of that. I want to see less of get me on this outlet and more of let's look at the different ways we can tell a story using all of the tools available. Media relations absolutely is a great one when it's the right story. But what else? So if a journalist declines, that doesn't mean that you don't do anything. It means that what else are you doing as well? And I think that becomes really important. So why is storytelling so important? And and uh, and maybe uh, describe what you mean by uh, and when we talk about storytelling. What are we talking about? Like what are we what are we what stories are we telling? And, and uh, or what are the most effective stories to tell? I always stories that really connect with people. I mean, what makes us stop on a video when you're scrolling through your social feeds? What makes you turn up the volume when you're driving your car in the radio? Um, and what makes you choose one podcast episode in a list over another one? It's because there's something that connects with you, whether it's an emotional connection or an education interest connection, it's something that resonates. And so you need to be able to make sure that your story that you've chosen to share resonates with people and that it connects with people. And, and it's, and the beauty of story is that there's, everyone has one. Everyone yeah. has a story. And that's what's what I love about it. It's just finding the right ones. When I look at our podcast lineup that we did, we did a 12 episode season. We've done eight so far have dropped. The variety is so amazing. But what's consistent is that they all have such a great story that connects with different people in different ways. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to be able to share some of these stories that didn't necessarily fit a carbon copy of a podcast theme or a news story or something, but they were unique and they were important to share and, and relevant to today's conversation. And I think that that's what story is. It's finding those, those moments and those pieces of what makes people fantastic and what people have struggled with and how they've overcome it. And I think that we all need to hear those. Yeah. What is your advice to uh, businesses and uh, entrepreneurs when it comes to social media? <laughs> so, oh, I have so many thoughts. Uh, my biggest advice is don't rely on social media as your go-to only communications approach. Social media is not yours. You don't own that those platforms. You don't own those channels. I mean, we yeah. all remember, gosh, when was that? A couple of years ago where Facebook meta went down and it was Facebook and Instagram, WhatsApp, and, and small businesses lost thousands and thousands of dollars because they built their entire communication platform, their entire sales platform on someone else's tool. And so my advice is always... Social is great and that's fine if it's relevant for your audience and that you're in the right place on social, but don't forget about everything else. Do not forget about your website. You own your website, use it. You own a newsletter, you can use that. Make sure that you're not relying on social to sell all of your tickets for your event. If yeah. that is your sales strategy is, well, can you just keep posting it on Instagram? That's not a sales strategy. So mm -hmm. I think that that is the 
biggest thing I get caught up with small business owners, they want sales yeah, and they want it done via, via the gram. And it doesn't, it doesn't work. And I think, and, and it, I shouldn't say it doesn't work. It can work with the right moment and the right things that align, but it's not, that's not a strategy. Yeah. So social media is a tool. It is a tactic. And so when I go back to what I mentioned about those strategic plans, that's the benefit and the opportunity to look at what are all the different ways we're communicating? What are all the different ways that we can make sure that we're telling our story and how are we telling it on the different platforms that will serve better in the long run? It might not feel as satisfying because necessarily happen in a week. You're not magically going to build a brand, but we play the long game. Communications is the long game and you're setting yourself up with a foundation for success. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, I know a lot of these businesses, they want to be in that, in that game, in, in the social media game, but they just, yeah. they, A, they don't have the time some of them don't have the resources uh and uh yeah. but they know they have to they have to and they want to be there but so what do you what do you tell those uh types of business owners pick one and do it well so i part of the problem that small businesses run into with social is it's it's a time-consuming endeavor to do it properly. Um, and part of that because becomes because they're trying to do all the channels. So you're better off going through and spending a little of time doing some audience research and figuring out where your people are and doing that channel well. I think I've worked with a lot of clients on LinkedIn specifically. How can we use LinkedIn to leverage the business to business conversation that you're having, because that's who you need to be talking to. You yeah. don't need to be on Facebook. Your people aren't there. So doing Facebook posts for the sake of doing Facebook posts is a waste of time. So if you don't have finite, everyone has finite time and finite resources. Yeah. So pick one and do it well, rather than trying to do everything poorly. Yeah, exactly. Um, being an entrepreneur in Calgary, um, what do you think, uh, are there any advantages of, of, uh, having a business in this city? I mean, I think Calgary has a really great sense of entrepreneurial, entre oh, that's a tricky word someday. So entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit. Uh, and, I, and we've heard that and I felt that. And I think for me, one of the biggest things I was nervous about when I started was that I would feel isolated and in my own little bubble. And I have never felt like that in seven years. Um, I felt so connected. I felt like I've had the opportunity to meet new people and be inspired and energized by what the community brings. It's also, though, a hub. And again, what COVID elevated was the remote game for companies such as mine. I have a client in Fort McMurray. I've worked with them since before COVID. I've never met them in person. Uh-huh, yeah. And, and we have such a strong partnership and it works so well. And I talk to them all the time. Um, and I think that that has also 
helped industry and helped people widen their spoke their scope of service um, and helped smaller communities. And so when you're looking at a red deer and a left bridge and they don't have the communications level expertise in their town, um, they can pull from someone from Calgary without having to pay for them to come out and to fly out and to drive out. And so I think that's the location of Calgary, both geographically, but also in that space has really helped. So what do you do, uh, uh, Melanie, uh, besides work that uh, gives you that maybe that work-life balance? Well, I have a five-year-old, so that keeps me pretty busy. But I also, um, another friend of mine who's a executive level, we take a day off every month, the two of us, and we go to the mountains. And so we, and we did that this week and we went out and we hike for five hours and we go out for lunch and it is, it is mental wellness at its finest. And I think that that's when you're an entrepreneur and when you're running your own business, it's very easy to get down a rabbit hole with no sense of time in terms of how many hours you've spent that week and where your world is. And so for me, I'm very grateful to have friends who have that similar headspace to me, but also I worked really hard out of the gate to create a structure and some balance and boundaries with my clients from day one. And I have not wavered on that. And I think for me, while it felt really hard out of the gate, um, I think that was the best thing I ever did Mm. was I don't, I don't answer my phone 24 seven. And I went, clients text me at 11 at night, unless something's on fire, yeah. <laughs> literally, I'm not going to answer. And and they know that too. And so we have a pretty, we have a lot of clients who've been with us for years. And so that's just, that's just there. We've set that out of the gate. And I think that is probably one of the biggest challenges entrepreneurs face is that time management and mental health. It's important. And just because you don't have a corporate program forcing you to take mental health care for yourself, I think that you owe it to yourself to do. So for me, that's been really important. As an entrepreneur, it's 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 quite easy to go down that that road, as you said, and and burn out, right? Oh, it's so easy. And and how often do you catch yourself sitting on the couch at 10 at night scrolling? Or reading emails or like, oh, hey, I should just answer this. Oh, hey, I forgot that one thing. I'm just going to pop into my office because it's right there and do this. And I think that I've worked and had to work really hard to make sure, no, no, just it's fine. Will anything change between now and Tuesday at 9 a.m.? No, nothing. Okay, so then let's move on. And I think that's, but it's still, it's still a conversation with myself constantly, but it's an important one. And I think that the world is, I'm hoping, going to slowly get better at that as a whole, and then it will make it easier for entrepreneurs. Okay, here's an interesting question for you. Um, As we continue on this path, uh, when we're looking at the media uh, in Calgary and, and in in general, uh, um, and the dwindling of the resources and everything uh, of the media, do you think there comes a time from from a communication standpoint that the the media uh, becomes irrelevant? I think it becomes different. I don't think it becomes relevant and I I'm a big proponent of 
media and journalism. And I think we need that fact-based approach to stories. And there are a lot of opinions on that. Um, Accountability and the foundation of what journalism is and needs to remain and why it's important in our country, not just in our province, in our country. And I think what we run into is a lack of, let's call it internet literacy, for example, in terms of people able to differentiate between opinion pieces and editorial perspective. Here's a news article. And I think to me, what's missing now is because there's so much content, people don't necessarily know because it's not as obvious as it used to be, whether this content is opinion, perspective, or facts. And that's what I'd like to see as things go and and as things evolve is more clarity. And I appreciate that the opinion pieces is what people might click on more and great. But I think there's still such an important space for fact-based journalism for people to then see both sides and make their own decisions. And that, I feel like we've lost some of that. And I'd love to see us find a way back there in a different way. And I think that, I mean, the landscape has evolved. It's going to evolve and that's fine. How can we get back to a place with a forward lens where people are able to be presented with the facts and make critical decisions on how they feel about it? Because I think we've lost that is... I'm told how I should think about something. We get that a lot through social media and all of the content coming at us. We get told how we should feel or how we should react. And there still needs to be a, here's the facts. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thanks, Melanie, for joining us today. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. All right, that was Melanie Nicholson, who's owner of MLCN Co. in Calgary. I'm Mario Tanaguzzi, managing editor of Canada's podcast. Uh, today, Calgary's podcast with Melanie Nicholson. Thanks for joining us. Business leaders, ready to cut costs and boost growth with a recurring billing solution that's built for you? Our platform won't just save you money, it'll help you grow so that you make more money. Build clearly, grow quickly with Visibil. To calculate your savings, head to Visibil.com today.